Hey everybody, welcome back to <clears throat> Love God and Neighbor. This is Pastor Laura Hutchinson, uh, pastor of First Christian Church in Anniston, Alabama. And I am <clears throat> excited to be back here with you guys. I'm currently, just to give you a little insight, I'm, I'm actually lying on my bed with my cat Phoebe and my dog Murphy. And Murphy is snoring, so if you hear him, that's what's going on. I am... Uh, listening to the birds outside, and just having a nice little afternoon. So I hope you are too. Um, this sermon is was kind of scary for me to preach because, well, it's just kind of serious. Um, as a pastor, as a preacher, it's sometimes it's hard and intimidating to preach, to preach the serious sermons. Um, you know, there's this desire to want to please the people. And to please the people, sometimes I feel like I need to be, you know, lovey or mm, warm and fuzzy or um, entertaining or funny, you know, that kind of thing. And um, I don't think that's what this sermon is. At least it didn't feel like it when I was preaching it. But I do stand by it and I feel like it's an important sermon. It was important for me to hear um, I hope you get a lot out of it. What we're talking about is Matthew's scripture, Matthew five thirteen through 16, um, where we're talking about the light of the world, that we are called to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth. And, um, and what does all that mean? And, um, it's a challenge to my congregation that we need to do more. We need to be doing more. We need to be doing better. Um, and maybe this is also a challenge to the rest of the church at large. If uh, I thank you for listening, and I hope God that God speaks to you through this in a positive way. And um, either way, I would love to hear from you uh, at any point. Just, you know, write me or call me on this podcast or uh, find me on Facebook, uh, whatever. And, uh, and just let me know what you think. Thanks. Love you guys. Bye. <laughs> let us pray. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Now, the longer that I, the longer that I am a follower of Christ, the more often I am astounded by stories of pain caused by followers of Christ. I know many of your personal stories, and many of them include pain that has been inflicted upon you either by Christians who live lives steeped in hypocrisy or by Christians who sincerely thought that they were doing and saying the right things but had been sadly misled by other misinformed teachers and preachers. And the truly terrible outcome of the pain inflicted in the name of Christ is that it becomes harder and harder for non-believers 
to receive the love that God has for them. For example, I know that several of you who struggle to recognize God's love in the midst of the hatefulness that you have received from other Christians. The hatefulness that still lingers in the back of your minds no matter how hard you try to push it out altogether. In our scripture today, we meet Jesus on the side of a mountain, giving a sermon to the crowds of his followers. And in this Sermon on the Mount, Jesus shares many different ideas about many different topics like suffering and meekness, justice, divorce, adultery, conflict and forgiveness, and the purpose for his followers. Our passage today is on being Jesus' follower. So let me read it for you, the first part of it for you again. But this time I'm going to read it from the message translation. Cammie read it from the New Revised Standard Version. This is the message. Let me tell you why you are here. You are here to be salt. Seasoning that brings out the God flavors of the earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You have lost your usefulness and you will end up in the garbage. You. The first important word in this text today is you. When we read the scriptures alone during private meditation and study, we can easily hear this saying as I. I am the salt of the earth. I am the light of the world. But then when this same text is read in public setting, like here in church today, it's heard as we are the salt of the earth and we are the light of the world. The you is plural. The life of Jesus' disciples is not individualistic, but is conceived throughout as a throughout as life within the community of faith, a community charged with a mission to the world. Jesus is not talking to you or to me. No, Jesus is talking to us. And what is he telling us? He's telling us that we are here for a reason, and that reason is to season the world with the knowledge of God's love. So how are we doing with that? Based on my opening comments, I'd say we as the whole body of Christ aren't doing so hot. So many people are missing the message of God's love and sacrifice for all people and are instead being beaten over the head with the messages of legalism, doctrine, rules, and judgment. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? What? I'm going to be honest here. That doesn't make any sense, does it? What does that mean? I have never in my life come across salt that has lost its saltiness. Have you? No, I haven't. No. So in that light... What does it have to do with the followers of Jesus or the church? 
Well, the commentary said this. I love, thank God for the commentaries. There's so much wisdom and knowledge. It says salt loses its saltiness not by some impossible chemical miracle, but by becoming so impure, so mixed with other elements that it loses its function. Aha! That is how the church becomes impure or mixed up so that it loses its taste and its purpose. I think that we become impure and mixed up when we focus on the wrong things, when we focus on who is right and who is wrong, when we focus on defending the faith rather than sharing the faith. We lose our flavor, our saltiness, our purpose when we start focusing on all of the, the things that are wrong with our fellow human being rather than on how much God loves each human being. Well, I also know that there are an awful lot of preachers out there who might rationalize that we have become impure and have welcomed the wrong element and have lost our function. But you see, that would mean that our critics disagree with us about what the function of the church is. Some would say the church exists to save souls. I would say that the church exists to share the good news with all human beings. Amen? Because none of us has the power to save anyone. That is Jesus' job. But we do have the knowledge of Jesus' love. And we know that Jesus, God in human form, died for us because he loves us. And we know that God wants all of us to love him. And we know that God wants us to love everyone else. We know that. And so if our purpose is to share the love of God with the world, then maybe we are on the right track here. Right? There's just one thing. And that's the next part of our scripture today. Jesus says you, which means we, are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hidden. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand. And it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. The Message Bible says, here's another way to put it. You are here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept, so we're going public with this. And as a city on a hill, if I make you light bearers, You don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I am putting you on a light stand. Now that I have put you there on the hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you will prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. So how are we doing as the salt of the earth and the light of the world? I'm not sure, but I sincerely think we can do better. And this is why. If there are people who are angry with the church, if there are people who have been hurt by Christians, 
and therefore are not sure that they want to believe in a God who would advocate such treatment, if the only message that is being heard by the world is one of judgment, then that means we're not speaking loud enough. Amen? We're not shining brightly enough. The message of God's love is being hidden under a basket while the message of hate and judgment is being shouted from the rooftops. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as, a public, as public as a city on a hill. I'm here to say that it is time for First Christian Church to start behaving like a city on a hill instead of a lamp hidden under a basket. How many of you have shared the message of God's love with someone this week? How many of you, knowing that you're talking to someone who might disagree with you, have told them that God loves everyone and why you know that? How many of you have promoted the ministry at First Christian Church this week? If you haven't, I am not trying to make you feel bad. What I am doing is pointing out that we have been cowed into silence by the teachers of legalism in the same way that others have been beaten into believing that God does not love them. We cannot ignore any longer that God has placed us as a city of light high on a hill and God wants us to stop keeping his love a secret. Remember, Jesus said, God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this. As public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a lampstand. And now that I've put you there on the hilltop on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you will prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. So what is Jesus telling us in this passage? He's telling us that in Christ, we now have a responsibility to the world. As salt, we must remain focused on our purpose and on our covenant with God. As carriers of the light of God, we have a responsibility to shine that light in every way. To allow everything that we do to be for the glory of God. And why is that so important? Because there are so many people spreading darkness in Jesus' name. Not only are we called to shine light into the world darkened by sin, we are called now to overcome the false doctrine that is spread from within the very church that Jesus placed upon that hill in the first place. But we must remember to remain focused on love. Because we are called to shine the light of Christ on those who would disagree with us in the same way that we are called to shine on anyone else. And that's because they are not our enemy. We are not opposed to each other. They are our neighbor and as overcome by the dark as anyone else who walks this earth, including us at times. So what do we do to better shine the light into our world? Well, Project Love is a good start. 
the project that Larissa and Roger told you about earlier. We will go out into the community to find those who feel unloved, and we will give them food. But it's not just food. It is food given with much love and respect. Prayerfully, when we're out there, we'll be able to get to know some of our homeless neighbors. Perhaps we'll become friends, and hopefully we'll shine the light of Christ into their world and let them know how very loved they are. Jesus said, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. We are supposed to tell people that this is what we're doing at First Christian Church. We're supposed to tell people why we're doing it. But I want to point something out to you that may or may not be bothering you about this. Just a few verses after this one, Jesus says this in Matthew 6, 1 through 4. Beware of practicing piety before others in order to be seen by them. For then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be praised by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let the left hand know what the right hand is doing, so that your alms may be given in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So how do you give alms in secret while also letting the world see your good works? Weird, right? The difference is, are you telling the world about things that you do? Or are you telling the world what we did in Jesus' name? You see the difference? Are you bragging about yourself? Or are you promoting a whole ministry based on God's love? Are you making yourself look good, or are you making God look good? We are a city built on a hill, and a lamp lit by Jesus to shine brightly into the world. So let us not be shy about sharing God's love with others, okay? Let us shout loudly to the world that God does not discriminate against anyone, and let us make sure that a message of God's love is broadcast more loudly than anything else that is said in our world. Can we do that? Amen? Amen.